And just like that, we are back with another episode of Fantasy Football Time Podcast. It's good to be with you all. I am your host, Joe, the show Wallach, alongside the big Texan himself, Jason Gruber, sipping on that good old Diet Summit Cola, the the best from the Midwest. Jason, how are you, man? I'm doing good. It's good to be back. Uh, episode 29. Did you already say that? You episode say the, 29. You say the we are back. We are ready to go. And um, we're back into maybe the part of fantasy football that I like the most. I almost get depressed like once the season is going, especially once trades are no longer a thing. But I think everything pre-draft is maybe the most fun. I would agree. If you're listening to a fantasy football podcast this time of year, you're a dedicated fantasy football fan. And that means you're you're my kind of guy. You're my kind of guy or girl listening to fantasy football podcasts into February because that is like there's no fantasy football happening we're in like deep playoff football but this is where some dynasty leagues are really getting stuff done this is where way too early rankings are happening this is where we're thinking towards 2023 the fantasy football season's over we're and we're eager you know we don't want an off season we don't we don't even mention the word off season around time studio doesn't exist what, what was the um like the phrase that we had early on in our podcast oh the the podcast where there is no off season because (laughs) it's always fantasy football time and you thought it was super lame i did i absolutely killed that i was like that's almost really good and that's how i feel i I still feel the same i think that that is almost really good how how could it be better i think i think why i didn't like it is because we were starting towards the beginning of the season and we were going to go through the whole season saying where there's no off season, whenever like launch and you know the first 28 episodes saying where there is no off season was completely irrelevant. That's true. I mean, that being said, it is like I feel like every every podcast, every platform, if you're in the content creating, which we are, we, you know, we are, we do have a podcast, like. People have their things, you know, like every every show, every sports show has an intro. Like the Undisputed guys, they have Lil Wayne intro the show. Colin Cowherd does his, hey, why ah, we, this why, is... Why didn't we get Lil Wayne? I, I tried. He Gosh. He, I slid into his DMs. He didn't He didn't get back to me. I told him that uh, Blunt Blowing was my favorite song of his. <laughs> I really loved the Carter Three back in the year 2006. I went through a gangster rap phase. And the Carter Three was an awesome album. We, we've we've built our own things, so we have Lil yeah. Wayne. Your your window is closed. It's we closed, man. If, even if you want to, um, we'll let you try out. We'll, we'll if you that. want to send me a signed copy of the Carter Three, that would be great. But we are not letting you intro the show. We have moved on to bigger and brighter days than you will ever hit because we are the fantasy football time podcast shout out little Wayne. jason did you this is this is a side note did you have like a favorite rapper growing up no i did not really did you is it because you didn't listen to rap music uh it's it's primarily one thing and that is i just i'm not a music guy so i don't like i will listen to music i will turn it on on the radio i listen to pandora i will hit shuffle on things but i'm just not you are living in 2009 yeah dude i'm <laughs> that's uh that's appropriate, actually. Um, <laughs> I'm just not really into music enough that I know artists and want to pick them out and want to spend time listening to them. So that's kind of what gets in the way of being like, this is my guy, and I know all the lyrics. I know the lyrics to no songs. 
Fair enough. Well, we have a great show for you guys today. We are going through our way too early 2023 first and second round mock drafts. Jason and I are really excited about this. It's one of the things that we love a lot about fantasy football is getting to project, getting to predict, getting about to talk about guys that we like, where where Jason views this guy, where I view this guy. We're, we're all really excited about what is in store for this show. Before we get into that, we have a question of the day, and this is an important one. We are recording this on February 2nd. The Super Bowl is a couple weeks away, but we're already thinking about the Super Bowl parties. Everyone has them. Everyone goes to one. So, Jason, what snacks are a must-have at a Super Bowl party? Okay, I'm, I'm going number one for me is queso. I think almost, and, and I was talking with Joe off-camera, if you will, about this. And We're not on video yet. Not yet, but camera is a, it's a loose term. Anyways, uh, I think if it's a small party, wings, I want wings there for sure. But uh, if it's a super big party, you're not expecting necessarily wings. But I think queso is like, I want queso at every Super Bowl party I have ever been at. I want it at every party I've ever, I ever will be at. I will also say this last year I did something that I feel like was the best choice. And it just so happened that um, I was watching the Super Bowl by myself. And I just made one snack, and that was like fresh guacamole, and and like my kids weren't there, my wife wasn't there. I watched it by myself, and I made fresh guacamole, and it was awesome. And I didn't feel bad after. Yeah, because the thing with guacamole is they have big avocado has brainwashed you into thinking that guacamole is good for you, when in reality. It, it is it's just loaded with calories, but you feel for whatever reason that you can eat endless guacamole. Yep. You don't feel in your stomach the amount of guacamole as a, as a, as compared to if you ate that same amount of food in queso. Queso exactly. would sit a ton heavier in your stomach. So I probably had just as many calories if I had eaten those like little hot dog wiener things and wings and pizza, but I felt great afterwards. So um, those are my two. My two, since you gave two, I'll give two. My my Super Bowl go-to, one of my favorite things to make and to to have at a Super Bowl party is buffalo chicken dip. You're nodding your head like that's what you knew I was going to say. I almost like 45 minutes ago sent you a video that I saw of a guy making buffalo chicken dip. Buffalo so chicken dip it, is yeah. great. It's terrific. It's delicious. And it's actually pretty easy to make. You just, it's as simple as like combining some ingredients into a crock pot and then letting it sit for a while. Um, it's really good with Fritos. Fritos, the little scoop ones, are my go to chip with buffalo chicken dip. But buffalo chicken dip is good on a lot of things. You can just, you can dip it with pretzels, tortilla chips, Fritos. I've had like Cool Ranch Doritos with the buffalo chicken dip. Fabulous. That is my hack if you are out there and you're a buffalo chicken dip connoisseur and then my second snack that i would go with is a, a good old like crock pot meatball you know what i'm talking about like the crock pot meatballs where you like you get a little like toothpick and you just stick the toothpick in the meatball they're like a little barbecue type meatball and and my secret for i don't know if it's a secret but um one thing that i use when i make crock pot meatballs is just a little splash of grape jelly it gives it a little bit of a sweetness a little bit of a tang it's delicious. So my picks are buffalo chicken dip and crock pot meatballs. You get those two together, you got a banger of a Super Bowl party. Totally agree. You also have to let the like the meatballs have to sit in there 
for at least seven hours. For sure. That, like, it's a slow better. process. It is a slow cook. They are not ready immediately, especially like because most of us are lazy and we buy like the frozen meatballs. Like I ain't got time to, to roll my own meatballs. So it's a, it's a slow process, but it's a process worth doing. Okay, that was our question of the day. We have a little bit of news from around the NFL that we want to hit before we get into our way too early 2023 first and second round mock draft. So the first bit of news, these are like pretty big news stories for already not even an offseason. The Super Bowl hasn't even happened yet, and these are some big breaking news stories. The first one is this, is Sean Payton, former head coach, Super Bowl winner of the New Orleans Saints, is headed to the Denver Broncos to be their next Head coach Denver wanted D'Amico Ryan, but D'Amico Ryan took the Texans job. So Sean Payton was actually their second choice and they hired Sean Payton to the Broncos. Jason, when you see this hire, do you think this is good news for the Broncos offense, for Russell Wilson, for Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, all of those pieces? Or like I think this is I think Sean Payton was probably the biggest name available. I think it's it's definitely good news. And as you looked at the coaching landscape, it's probably the best news for Russell Wilson and that crew. Uh, almost everyone was scared off of them in the um, because of this year, and it was so bad, and hopes were so high. And I think we talked about how even like Vegas got this the most wrong, so it was just everyone got it wrong. But yeah, I think this is best case scenario. Uh, I wouldn't say everyone was out on their entire offense, but. Um, now they're more interesting. I still think that they're going to be values probably wherever they get drafted. Russell Wilson in a one quarterback league, man, I, I don't think I'm going to draft him. Like I'm just going to leave him alone. But those pass catchers are are definitely more interesting. So yeah, it's yeah. I think you know Sean Payton when he was with New Orleans, um, it was actually he was really really good at having a strong run game with his offense. Like I think those were the days where Alvin Kamara was awesome. Then before that, they always had like a two-headed monster between uh, like Mark Ingram and another guy, and they always had a really good running game. They always seemed to rush for well over 1,500 yards as a team. So I look at someone like Javante Williams, if he's healthy next year, I think he could be a good guy um, to draft, maybe even at a value because he's coming off of the season-ending injury. So um, I, I think this is big for the Broncos. I think if anyone can turn Russell Wilson around, it's probably a veteran offensive-minded head coach that's won a Super Bowl like Sean Payton. All right, the next bit of news is, man, it's kind of it's kind of tough to read this news, but because it's just it feels like this is the this is the end of this is truly the end of an era. This is Do you like, want me to read it for you? You that? can read it for me and then we'll we'll react to it. Tom Brady has retired. Tom Brady has retired. Yeah, it, it just feels like it, it's the end of an era. Like, we have not known the NFL without Tom Brady. I'm 26 years old. Tom Brady has been in the NFL pretty much as long as I've been alive. And he's been great. And he's been the best quarterback in the league pretty much every year, you know, or at least up there and one of the top quarterbacks. So it's truly the end of an era. The GOAT. I'm, I'm willing to say that, even though he broke my heart as a Colts fan a lot while he was in New England. He's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. Seven Super Bowls. Tom Brady, congrats on retirement. I know you're never going to hear this, but from me, from the bottom of my heart, congrats on retirement. And and I don't, um, you said it was hard to read. For me, I, I didn't never really like Tom Brady. So I'm not sad at all. And 
See you later, Tom. See you later, Tom. I, I don't know what this means for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, from a, switching to, to a fantasy football gear. It's that um, right now the only quarterback on the roster for Tampa Bay is Kyle Trask. So, Jason, do you even know who Kyle Trask is? Uh, the name is familiar to me. He played football at Florida in college. He was a rookie. I think it was two years ago, so he's going into his third year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So he's their only quarterback currently under contract. So they're either going to roll out Kyle Trash, what I don't think they're going to do, or they're going to make a, make a play in the draft. They're going to sign a free agent. Maybe Derek Carr is interesting because whoever goes to Tampa Bay is going to have some good weapons like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Those are two really solid receivers. So it'll be interesting to see what Tampa Bay does at the quarterback position, but they're going to have to do something. I don't think they're going to be able to just roll into the season with Kyle Trask. As yeah. And I think especially for Mike Evans, his fantasy value, like if we knew who his quarterback was, that will change whether or not he is in our top 24 today or not, which is, um, which is just interesting. For sure. Speaking of our top 24, Jason, you ready to get into our way too early first and second round mock drafts? Absolutely. Uh, what I love about this before we get into it is that literally we don't know what like we don't know what team some of these guys are going to be playing for. Yep. Some of them are wide receivers and we're like, yeah, well, I mean, someone's going to throw them the ball and whoever they sign, I'm sure that that guy will be good. Uh, there may or may not be a rookie who is literally not even on a team right now who might make this list. And so this is when it's way too early. This is like the ultimate version of way too early. And I'm all about that. Yeah, so a couple of quick pieces of, of uh, information before we get into it. How this is going to work is this is this is different than like a top 10 list. This is different than a traditional mock draft. We are doing two rounds, but it's just Jason and I picking. We don't have any computers auto-picking. It's just going to be me and Jason alternating one, two, three, four, all the way down to the end of a second round. It's basically what we view as a more fun way to come up with our top 24 half PPR fantasy football ranking. So... Jason, you have so kindly given me the first pick, which was very thoughtful of you. You didn't have to do that. In fact, you won the coin toss and deferred to the I second pick, I which did. gives you no statistical advantage in this competition. <laughs> but with the first pick... I didn't pick, want the pressure, man. I didn't want the pressure. I, see, I don't feel I know any what pressure picker, I know what choice you're going to make, and it's it's a bad one. I'm sorry, but I can I can already tell. Whatever it is, whoever it is. Should I take your guy just to make <laughs> just you mad? you know, yeah. No, just I, to ruin it, and then I, then I have to argue I'm going to take him. Christian McCaffrey at the 101. It, it is what I feel the best. He's the best player, I believe, in fantasy football next year. I think he's a guy that is coming off of a, a really good season. He was traded to a good offense. He was pretty much healthy the whole year. And when healthy, he is he's as good as they get. He catches the ball. He runs hard. He he gets he gets balls inside the five yard line. Like he is just a complete, well rounded workhorse back. Now I do have a little bit of concern about like the quarterback situation in San Francisco, but we've we've learned over the years that it doesn't matter who is starting in San Francisco. Like they're running a really good offense, a really good scheme, and it's going to result in Christian McCaffrey getting the ball at least 20 times a game, maybe more with running and catching ability. So I think Christian McCaffrey is the easy choice as the 101 for my fantasy team. Uh, let me um, tell you one thing real quick. Yeah. I have, guess where I have CMC ranked? Not at two? You have I him do, at three? I do not have him at three. You have him lower than three? I do. 
Okay. I am very interested to see why you have Christian McCaffrey ranked. I have Christian McCaffrey as, as my fifth guy off the board. Fifth running back or just no, fifth guy? Just my fifth guy. Okay. Uh, so I think obviously, I mean, this is kind of, it feels dumb to argue against Christian McCaffrey. Like, let me tell you why Christian McCaffrey stinks. No, he's awesome. Um, I love Christian McCaffrey, especially in an offense where you have a pocket passer and the guy's just going to dump it off to him. And so in that offense, he's my 101 easy. Uh, obviously he's had injury problems. And so I do think that that's affected my view of him a little bit. And the other thing is that I think if Elijah Mitchell is healthy, they, I mean, when he was healthy this year, they gave him goal line work. They gave him 10 plus touches a game. And so some of those things just make me a little bit weary of drafting CMC as the 101 overall. He's yeah, definitely deserving. I, like, I don't think that it's a bad pick. Elijah Mitchell is definitely a concern. Like if you watched those San Francisco 49ers uh, playoff games, like Elijah Mitchell was probably way more involved than you thought he would be. But man, Christian McCaffrey in San Francisco, he averaged 110 scrimmage yards a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the Trey Lance thing's a big deal too. The Trey Lance and thing's so, a big deal. So you only watched him play with who I think is like, ideal situation of pocket passer willing to dump it off to him i agree i think another reason why i i take him as one is because i think it's an incredibly safe pick i think he aside from injury he has almost zero bust potential like even his his floor games are he's gonna touch the ball 20 times if brock purdy was still his quarterback i would be like yep 101 easy um but with Trey Lance, that's a big enough question mark to me. It's just a question mark. So uh, I'm going to go with my um, my number one overall. He's still on the board. And wow, he's still on the board. And that is Justin you Jefferson. You seem surprised. <laughs> no, Justin I, I, Jefferson, wow. I'm going with Justin Jefferson. Earlier uh, today, you were talking up Eckler. Um, I do. Yeah, I mean, all these guys are up there. I think for whatever reason... I, as I made this list, I did slightly value wide receivers more this year than some of the elite running backs at the top. And I think because of really, it just, to me, it actually, it's the same thing that you said where it feels safe. I feel like I can get Justin Jefferson and Justin Jefferson is without a doubt, a top five guy. Like all, like I can't imagine a situation outside of um, Kirk Cousins getting injured, I guess. But even if Kirk Cousins get injured, gets injured, he still might be a top five guy at the wide receiver position. Uh, he scored um, the most fantasy points on average, the most fantasy points overall. Like he was just dominant. He had 179 targets last year. Yeah, that's a lot. And so Justin Jefferson is just elite. He's being used in a way um, that that is. There, there's few guys really that compare to him from a talent perspective as well as a target perspective. And so uh, it feels like a, I don't know that, I don't know that it's the best pick. There's other guys who might end up at the top, but it's not surprising at all that Justin Jefferson was the number one wide receiver this last year. And it wouldn't be surprising to me if he repeated that. So I think it's a good pick. I'm not knocking your pick. I'm just a little bit surprised based on things you told me earlier because i'll be honest i i was pretty much banking on getting jefferson at three here but Mm. that's okay i will i will be able to pivot to the guy that i thought you were gonna pick and i'm gonna take austin eckler i think austin eckler is my third best player in fantasy football this year he hit my nerves for austin eckler is that he's 28 years old like 28 year old running backs they, they genuinely make me a little bit nervous but austin eckler is just one of those guys that he, he's led the NFL in touchdowns over the last two seasons. 
we thought last year coming into this past season that he was going to regress in touchdowns, and he just didn't. Like, the LA Chargers just give him the ball on the goal line, and he has the ability to not only just punch it in from the one, but he has the ability to take uh, carries from midfield and, and make them house calls. He's got some breakaway speed. He's elusive. He's really strong. And not only that, like, he is an elite pass-catching running back. He caught 103 passes this year. That's not 103 targets. He had 103 receptions and then 17 total touchdowns this year. He was very efficient with his carries. 4.6 yards a carry is pretty solid. Um, Like I said, my only concern is that he's 28 years old, and for whatever reason, the Chargers like to run a little bit of a committee at, at the running back position. But Austin Eckler, he's great. He's their goal line back. He's their pass catching back. You put those two combinations together, uh, makes for a really high fantasy football uh, ceiling. So I'm going to take Austin Eckler at three. It's a great pick. Uh, one, I feel like this is worst case scenario for him, but I think that this would be a crazy fantasy situation. And that is if the Chargers draft a fairly high level prospect at running back. And and I think that that's that's a possibility. It, I mean, it absolutely, is a possibility. Uh, what's uh, what's their new coordinator's name? Um, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore just came from a system where they had two guys. Uh, also, Eckler's not a great runner of the football. I, I mean, he's not bad by any means, but he's not a great runner of the football. He's a great pass catching running back, and so I think that that's within the realm of possibilities. Um, now they did draft a guy last year pretty highly Isaiah Spiller um, he will still be there under contract next year so I don't know that they're going to draft another rookie but it they could they, they could just see a guy who's super talented and, and this isn't even I'm not even talking about against your pick I think your pick is the right pick way too early all the things it would just be nuts if they drafted a guy like in the second round mm-hmm. and so it would I, be interesting I think that'd be interesting uh, all right 104 this feels easy this feels like the right choice i'm going with travis kelsey wow yep going which which by the way i've now gotten my number one and number two guys off the board so uh travis kelsey man he was just so dominant he was your number two guy he was my number two i know uh he scored 254 fantasy points then the next best was tj hawkinson at 170 if you drop down and compare him to like a replacement level guy uh, who is 12th, he scored 150 fantasy points more than than like just a replacement-level player. Uh, I mean, Travis Kelsey would have been, uh, what, like the wide receiver six on the year if he was playing wide receiver. Uh, positional advantage, Travis Kelsey gives you an advantage um, from like a win share perspective that few other players even can come close to matching. And so I think that Travis Kelsey should go in the top six picks of next year's draft. Yeah, I I don't disagree. It's hard to replicate what you get from Travis Kelsey at the tight end position. My concerns with him is, is that he's 34 years old and he's coming off of a career high in receptions. I expect a little bit of regression there. And I expect Kansas City to address the wide receiver room in the offseason, whether that's somebody in the draft, somebody in free agency. At a lot of times this year, it looked like Travis Kelsey was Mahomes- main option I and he might be his main option again next year but there's a chance that they they go out and they get a really good wide receiver to give Mahomes another option out there but 
Travis Kelsey's a good pick. He was not going to be within my next couple picks, so you would have had a chance for for him to fall to you later. I had him as my 10th overall player. Really? Yeah, I just I don't value the tight end as much as I value running backs and wide receivers. So what do you do then? Because I feel like I hear that um, every year for the last, I think, three or four years, he's gone back of the first, beginning of the second. And, um, and if you look at win shares and what percentage of teams have Travis Kelsey on their teams – all of those things tell you to draft Travis Kelsey higher every year for the last four years. And I think part of that is because you can get him on the turn. So you have an opportunity to draft Travis Kelsey and then right back get an elite wide receiver. I don't, that's which not, is why I would not take him at four overall. I don't think that that's how that's calculated though, Joe. But, the, but you, you're, when you're on the turn, this is, this is actual like truth when you're on the turn you're getting two elite players when you're when you're picking at four you're getting one elite player and then you're not picking again usually in snake drafts until the 18th so there's a there's a big drop off from four to 18 there's not a huge drop off from 10 to 13 yeah i'm talking about like win share percentage and things like that 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 doesn't um take an effect who else you had on your team at all yes but I, i i think a lot of it the reason that he was on a lot of people's winning teams this year is because a lot of the the early second round running back wide receivers turned out to be hits. Like your your Tyreek Hills was a second round pick this year. Guys like you know Stephon Diggs was at the turn this year. Like guys, who, I I don't know. It's just the reason that if you can compare if you pair those two type of caliber players together, yeah, you're gonna end up on a lot of winning teams. I don't know. I just I struggle to take a tight end over some of these guys that we're about to bring up, but. That's okay. My next pick is a guy that I, I'm, I'm excited to get my first wide receiver of the day. I'm going to take Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is my my fourth best overall fantasy player going into 2023. Jamar Chase, when he's been playing with Joe Burrow, he averages 87 receiving yards a game. That's pretty impressive. It's nearly 100 yards. His touchdown upside was huge. When he was on the field this year, he was spectacular. Like He was very clearly you know, the one of the best wide receivers in football this year. He only played in 12 games, and he still almost had 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns in just 12 games playing. Like, he is a spectacular talent. He's still, I believe, ascending in this league as a young player paired with his young quarterback. I think Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are going to be together for a long time connecting with touchdowns. Reminds me very much of, like, the early peyton manning marvin harrison connection like you had two all-time talents kind of entering the league at the same time and it was just this beautiful connection for for many years to come so i'd be really excited to have jamar chase on my fantasy team next year so i'm taking him at the 105 it's a good pick i think we're in this place where i feel like every pick is a good pick you know and part of that i think is doing a way too early draft mm-hmm. where you're like oh yeah jamar chase. all of these guys are great like, jamar chase is awesome um so yeah and and I think almost with any of these top running backs and top wide receivers, you're just drafting one, hoping the same thing happens as last year, and that they stay healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I I feel the exact same way about my next guy, and that is really the third overall guy on my list, and that is Cooper Cup. So uh, last year, Cooper Cup in his nine games played was averaging the second most fantasy points um, a game right behind Justin Jefferson. And so he was pretty much replicating exactly what he had done the year, the year before and just breaking every record. In fact, in nine games, he had 98 targets. 
um, as well as six touchdowns. And so uh, he, I mean, he's just been so consistent, so dominant. And assuming health coming back, I don't see any reason why Cooper Cup is going to be stopped over this next year. He's been really he over the last two years. He's been the best wide receiver in football. And so for me, that it feels like an easy, um, you know, assuming obviously health, and that's a that's a significant thing. That's a big thing. But he's been probably the biggest advantage in fantasy football over the last two years. And so Cooper Cup. Uh, I would agree with that. I think that's a really good pick. That's who I would have taken with my next pick if you didn't. So I'm going to take my next wide receiver on the list, which is Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, I have just one spot below Cooper Cup. I have him a couple spots below Jefferson and Jamar Chase. So I have him as my fourth best wide receiver, but I'm taking Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is, uh, he proved this year that he's just truly a special talent. Like it wasn't just the Mahomes connection. He actually had better numbers this year than he did with Mahomes as his quarterback, which is insane. 165 targets, nearly 1,700 receiving yards, seven touchdowns. He also got a rushing touchdown as well, just to add to it. He he averaged over 100, uh, 100 yards per game this year with Tua as his quarterback. My only concern then with that is Tua, Tua's concussions. I think Tua, there's a real chance that he, I know he cleared concussion protocol recently, but when you have that many just bad concussions in one year, it, you're you're always going to think about the risk that you're doing whenever you go out on the field. Like it could realistically be one more concussion away from Tua for before he's done with football. Like you just can't have that many serious concussions rack up. So if he's out there, I think Tyreek Hill is going to be great. I think Tyreek Hill is going to be the best receiver on a great offense with, with Jalen Waddle and some other pieces on that team. Um, Tyreek Hill, he's a special talent. He's one of those guys that has a chance to take it to the house Every time he touches the ball, he had a ton of games last year where he was over 20 points. I think he led the led all wide receivers in 20-plus in point fantasy performances. So Tyreek Hill's a special talent. I'd love to have him on my team, so I'm going to take him there at 107. Yeah, that's great. Uh, where did I have Tyreek? Oh, man. I, I actually had Tyreek Hill fourth overall. Okay. And so I like there was a situation where had you picked someone else, I would have had – my top four guys on my team, which would have been fun. But I agree, Tyreek Hill is uh, one of the things I think we've learned this year is just when an elite talent gets traded, that guy is still an elite talent. And Tyreek Hill is an ex- a great example of that. He's just so – he's such a good wide receiver. And it was – and I get it why people uh, faded him. I think I faded him myself. I didn't have an, enough Tyreek Hill. And part of that is I was like, oh, um, how much of that is Patrick Mahomes? You know, like I get he's super fast. But even if uh, Tua gets injured, Tyreek Hill's still going to be awesome. <laughs> like yep. He just will. Yep. He might not be number one overall, but Tyreek Hill's going to be really good for fantasy football no matter what. And so I think that that's a great pick uh, as well. I'm going to go at the 108. This is the first time I'm actually a little concerned you're going to take the guy I want. I'm going Stephon Diggs. Okay, I'm good. I, I, I didn't think actually that was who you were going to go with. But uh, I have I've gone really wide receiver heavy in the the first front half of this um, really the first top quarter I guess of the of the two, first two rounds. Um, Stephon Diggs was actually awesome, and I think that uh, he ended up as wide receiver was it wide receiver four or wide receiver five? He ended up as wide receiver four on the year, and really I don't think that that does justice. Uh, even with Josh Allen having some like arm challenges throughout the year and an arm injury, Stephon Diggs was still awesome and really he didn't put up any bad games 
no, he was up super until consistent. up until um, week fourteen, and then he had two pretty subpar bad games with the, against the Jets and against Miami, uh, and then Chicago. To be honest, they were blowing Chicago out, and so without those last four weeks, he's a top two. He might even be the number one wide receiver overall, yep. assuming he ends the season a little bit stronger. And obviously, yeah, that Cincinnati game that that ended in the first quarter, um, but week sixteen. Like they're playing the Bears, and as a Bears fan, it turns out that you don't need to play offense to beat the Bears. Like you really don't. And so, uh, even that game, he barely played over fifty percent. Um, all that to say is, Stephon Diggs was the clear number one target again. He's getting tons and tons of volume. I mean, sixteen targets, fifteen targets, fifteen targets, thirteen targets. He's getting touchdown. He he's just he's a great player on a great offense, and he's the number one read. And so Stephon Diggs, once again, feels really safe. I would be pumped to get him at the 108. I think that realistically, Stephon Diggs, his floor is like wide receiver eight, and his ceiling is wide receiver one. And so he's you know in that elite of the elite category. Yep, it's a good pick. Um, I he, he is my, I have Stephon Diggs as my 11th overall player. I have him as my fifth wide receiver. So Stephon Diggs, great player he's gonna get paired with an elite quarterback he's gonna catch a lot of touchdowns um i have no problem with the pick my next pick is i'm taking another i'm taking another running backs and i'll have three three running backs and two wide receivers i'm taking saquon barkley saquon barkley is my pick here i think saquon got back to being the saquon we thought he would be coming out of penn state a number of years ago for one he played all 16 games this year all 17 games this year which he is I don't think ever done since his rookie year. And that's a big deal because when he played all 16 games, 17 games, he ended up being the running back five for fantasy this year. 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns, or sorry, 10 touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns. And then he had 57 receptions. Like that's a that's a great number. You love to see those type of things from your running back. My only concern with Saquon is the contract situation. He has an expiring contract. He is eligible for the franchise tag. So if they franchise tag him, then he'll be fine and he'll be great again for fantasy. I think Saquon Barkley is absolutely, absolutely still one of those guys that he should be an RB one next year. When he's healthy, he's great. He catches passes. He's electric. He's on a decent offense. Like Brian Dable came in as the head coach this year for the Giants and really kind of transformed that offense into a good offense, an offense that had been pretty poor up until that point, but. I think they're going to run it back next year with Daniel Jones. I think they're going to run it back with Saquon Barkley. They're probably going to add another wide receiver to that offense. So I think it's going to be overall a little bit of a better offense than even it has been this year. And it was a good offense this year. So Saquon Barkley is my pick at 109, and I feel good about it. That's good. I had Saquon a little lower than that. In fact, I have have a few guys in front of him. Uh, He was Saquon was my number 12 overall player. And so we have a couple left to go. But thankfully, you did not go where I want to go. And um, as a as a Bears fan, it's appropriate that I would pick him and not you, Jonathan Taylor. Oh, you little yeah, Jonathan Taylor. I have him as my Gosh, as my running back three off the board, and yeah. I think that he's deserving of it. Yeah, I I do. I like him a little bit more than Saquon. Um, I mean, we're we're splitting hairs. I don't know if he's going to be better than Saquon, I know. but it's, it's why they're. 
Yeah, but Jonathan Taylor, they're they're in player. most. We don't even know who their coach is. That's that's why this feels like a that's little true. bit ridiculous. I was about to say they're in a run first offense. We don't even know who their quarterback is or their coach is, and yet I still love Jonathan Taylor. Why? Because he is an elite talent, and we just talked about. Uh, okay, look at. Uh, uh, Tyreek Hill, look at Devontae Adams, look at these other guys that got traded, and guess what? They're elite. Jonathan Taylor is elite. He's young. He was injured. He still played like pretty great this year. Yeah, and, when and, he was healthy, he was good. Yeah, he's so he's just an elite player on an offense that I do think is going to be a run-first offense. They don't have the wide receivers to be a pass-first offense. They don't have elite uh, weapons any other place. And so Jonathan Taylor, it, it's kind of classic case. I really I feel this way about Derrick Henry as well. As long as Derrick Henry's healthy, he's going to be the guy that they go to because he's the best offense or best uh, piece on their offense. Jonathan Taylor is by far the best piece on their offense, and so he's going to get. Tons and tons and tons of work. So uh, super pumped to leave the draft with him uh, as the 10th overall pick. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm bummed about that. That would have been my next pick for sure. And, and even if the Colts aren't a uh, run-first offense this, this next year, it's almost a lock that they're going to be a better offense next year because yeah. they had one of the worst offenses I've ever seen this year. So hopefully it can only get, get better from here. But Jonathan Taylor, great pick, unworldly talent. Yep, as long as he's healthy, he's going to be good. Uh, my next guy is a guy that, Jason, you know I'm not the highest on this guy, but I think I have to take him here. I think it's too too late in the draft for him to still be there at the 11th overall pick. I'm taking Derrick Henry. Don't do it. Yeah, I'm taking Derrick Henry. So annoying because you know that I like him well, you so know much what, more man, than Well, you had every chance to take Derrick Henry and leave me Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> but you didn't do it. So here we go. I'm taking Derrick Henry. I have him... As my ninth overall player, I have him as my fifth best running back behind CMC, Eckler, Barkley, JT, and now Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is the only running back that is like, it doesn't matter that he doesn't catch passes because he just gets so many carries. He had 319 carries again last year and only 15 games played, 1,400 yards, 13 rushing touchdowns. Like, the dude's just a machine. And I know we've been talking about this for for literally years, like multiple straight off seasons. Like, is this going to be the year that Derrick Henry finally breaks down due to age? Like how many miles are we willing to put on that automobile before it finally bites the dust? And I I just don't know that it's going to happen. Like there's some guys where it just, they're just different. Like genetically, they're just superior, bigger, stronger athletes. And we know Derrick Henry's body can hold up. Like he's not like he deals with some ticky tack injuries from time to time. But the dude's, for the most part, not had anything crazy bad happen to him on on the football field. So Derrick Henry, I think as long as he's you know healthy, he's gonna get he's gonna get 300 plus carries again next year. The offense is gonna run through him. He's gonna always be a threat to score around the goal line. Derrick Henry was uh, he should and is a first round pick. Yeah, I totally agree. Let's let's be honest here, and maybe I'll ask you this: the only there's only one reason why or. Yeah, there's only one reason why he's not in the top four, right? And, and what would you say it is, Joe? Age. Yeah, age. That's it. Like if you if you assume that he's not going to have this big drop off, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to get the same level athlete, and it's not an age thing, he'd be a top four guy. And so I think, I mean, I I love him at the 111. I think that's like a smash and steal yep. uh, thing. So that's a great pick for you. I think that Derrick Henry. Um, he had, 
18.2, he averaged 18.2 fantasy points a game, fourth overall running back. And I don't really see a big reason. Like he still had down games because their offense wasn't good. He had a backup quarterback half the year. I think that that's just an awesome pick. He's 29 years old. I don't think we said that, but he's Uh, 20. Which is so old. You're way past, way past your prime (laughs) as I sit here on the other side of 29. (laughs) <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go a slightly different direction, and I'm gonna go with Brees Hall. I'm, I'm choosing. Are you young- kidding me? <laughs> what? You? I don't even think you like Brees Hall. Um, wh- why would you think I don't like Brees Hall? You have been. I when we were talking about <laughs> Brees Hall at lunch today, you were like, I don't know, is he even gonna be healthy? Like, we're not even sure he's gonna be ready week one. He's on the Jets. Are they gonna have a new quarterback? I can't believe you just took Brees Hall from me. Here's what I love. It's like, <laughs> partly, I did say a couple random things just to Gosh, mess with you dang earlier. It. Uh, but Brees Hall, Brees Hall was great. Now he I'm averaged. Like really tilting. Uh, <laughs> I think he averaged like the seventh most fantasy points per game while he played. And that was with, he didn't start the game or he didn't start the year out strong at all. He was kind of playing back up at the beginning. Uh, they were letting him learn the playbook, all the rookie things. But, but then he was just phenomenal, and he was phenomenal, and he caught passes. Now, there's still some question marks, but I actually I had Brees Hall over Derrick Henry, which I think is maybe it's bold, maybe it's too much or whatever, but the fact that he does catch passes and is just a great athlete, uh, I, I expect that to translate well. And I feel like he's one of those guys that you could get him at the back of the first round, potentially. I mean, we'll see. But he's probably going to beat that. Like, I expect him, if he's healthy, to beat that, especially because he catches passes. And so, Brees Hall, uh, at the turn, he's my guy. I can't believe he took Brees Hall. That, oh, dang. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. He's he's electric. He's good. I think he has real potential to to kind of break through that glass, glass ceiling next year and be so, a top maybe even three fantasy running back and half PPR, especially if they go get an Aaron Rodgers or one of those big quarterbacks on the market but dang it man you took Brees hall so joe we're we are 12 picks in yep and uh at least for me every guy that i had in the first round's gone oh i i'm i have you got some guys i have one guy i'm not gonna take him here oh gosh mainly what? because there's another guy that as we've been you know talking You're trying to loud, sandbag I'm, this I've kinda talked, no i've just kind of talked myself more into this guy <laughs> um mainly because i don't want to Mainly because I don't want to talk about a fifth straight running back. I feel like a wide receiver needs to go here, so I'm going to take the next best wide receiver on my list. Before I do that, let me just quickly run through what Jason and I did for the first round. We went Christian McCaffrey, Justin Jefferson, Austin Eckler at three, Travis Kelsey at four, Jamar Chase at five, Cooper Cup at six, Tyreek Hill at seven, Stephon Diggs, eight, Saquon Barkley, nine, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry at 11, followed by Brees Hall to end the first round. Wow, Brees Hall was a first-round pick, at least what we, we view, what we view him right now. So I'm going to take to start the second round. I'm going to switch it up, and I'm going to go with a wide receiver here. He's my next highest-rated wide receiver on my list. I'm going to take A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown from the Philadelphia Eagles. He kind of had that really big, big breakout season this year he was he was pretty good at Tennessee before he came to Philadelphia but with when Philadelphia uh, traded for him they traded a first round pick to get him uh, he made a difference he made a real difference for their team this year Um, he didn't have a crazy amount of receptions but he has big playability he only had 84 receptions but 1400 yards 
averaging over 16 yards per catch, 11 receiving touchdowns. He's just one of those difference-making wide receivers. From a talent level, he's big, he's bigger, he's faster, he's stronger, he's he's great. And then when you pair him with a good young quarterback in Jalen Hurts, with an offensive-minded head coach, you get really good things. Like that offense for the Philadelphia Eagles this year scored a ton of touchdowns. I don't necessarily see a ton of regression coming for them next year. I mean, they're in the Super Bowl right now, largely because of trading for A.J. Brown last year. Like he made Jalen Hurts better. He made their offense better. Um, I have no problem here with with A.J. Brown. I think he is a debatable first-round pick, but definitely should be looked at as an early second-round pick. So I'm going to take A.J. Brown. Yeah, he's one that I kind of glossed over, I think because he didn't end the season as as good as he started it. You know, he started it just absolutely on fire, but A.J. Brown absolutely showed that he is just an elite talent. So, uh, oh, man, this puts me in a weird spot um, because you actually didn't pick my 13 guy, but I don't want to pick my 13 guy here. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. I think... Oh, man, this is so tough. If I was actually on the clock, what would I do here? Uh, so in this situation, I would have Brees. Oh, no, I wouldn't have. I would have. No, Derek you already have Henry. him, remember? I would I would have had Derrick Henry, <laughs> hypothetically, if I was in this position, though. Uh, okay, I'm just going to pick. I'm going to pick who I'm thinking about, not who's my 13th overall. I'm going to go one step below that, and I'm going to go with Josh Allen. Yeah, it's a good pick. pick. I love, I love Joe's face. Uh, He's not, not pumped about that. Uh, Josh Allen was quarterback one, three, or two years in a row, and this year he is he dropped so far down to quarterback (laughs) two. You're getting a guy. You're getting a guy who does it on the ground. He does it in the air. He definitely had a lot, kind of a, a good amount of interceptions this year with 13, but he just he had 760 rushing yards. Uh, sec, I think that was second most to Justin Fields uh, overall. He had seven touchdowns like, uh, on the ground as well as 32 through the air, which was not a. It wasn't a great year for him overall, and yet he was still the quarterback too. Um, one of the things that I think, at least, it's going to be reflected. You're going to see this more and more in in my draft, at least. Really, there are three guys that were a difference maker at quarterback, and I think that those three guys should be rewarded in that. Where where they just separated themselves so much over over all the rest of the guys, and so um, once again, it's not even in my mind that uh, you have to go get the best guys or whatever. It's it's really like what the reason why Travis Kelsey has a value is because of the gap, right? And that's why I feel like Josh Allen, he in my mind is the safest guys uh, out of all the the quarterbacks who have a gap between them and everybody else, and so. Sure, you might be able to get the other guys cheaper, but Josh Allen's the safest. He is a good quarterback on a good offense, and he runs. And so I'm I'm happy to take him as uh, the 202. Yeah, and I, I think he is the guy who should go as the first quarterback. I know a lot of people are going to try to plug Patrick Mahomes being the quarterback one this year, Jalen Hurts, the next, the, the new shiny toy, Justin Fields. Like Josh Allen is. There's a real good. If I'm if I'm putting money on the line at who's going to finish as the quarterback one next year, it's going to be Josh Allen. So I think that's a good pick. And I think you're right in that. I don't think up into this year, we've quite valued quarterbacks as highly as they should be drafted. We have historically as people who love fantasy football, fallen in love with the late round quarterback, the late round quarterback, 
But we're starting to see a trend where if you go and you get one of these elite quarterbacks early in the draft, like you're, you're pretty much locking in a stud for your team all year long. And that's hard to, that's hard to pass up on. So I love the Josh Allen pick. I'm taking CD lamb, CD lamb going off the board at, at what are we at the two Oh two Oh three. I'm taking CD lamb. So I think this is where he should be. I, I don't th- think he's going to fall much lower than this. Um, in drafts next year we're talking about the guy who was the wide receiver six on the season over 100 catches 149 targets 1300 yards eight touchdowns Um, and when when he was paired with Dak Prescott he was really good there was a stretch in the middle of the season where Dak was out where CD was just okay but then when Dak came back I mean he had double digit fantasy points in six of his last seven games including a couple multi-touchdown games as well CD Lamb was just really good just always consistently around 15 to 17 fantasy points um he's he's gonna be the number one target on his team next year um he's gonna be with Dak again on a decent offense I'm concerned about the loss of the offensive coordinator and Kellen Moore but I just think CeeDee Lamb is too good to not be a second round pick so he is my next rated wide receiver on the board so that's I'm gonna take interesting uh I did not have him I have two guys above him, and I am I'm struggling with this next pick. Oh, okay. This feels. I'm curious as to who your wide two other wide receivers above him, or just two other players. I don't even think I want to tell you. Because, two other wide receivers above. Because I don't want you to. Uh this is this feels this feels like the hardest pick that I've had. Okay, to make. I guess like there there is one wide receiver I have that's yeah. below CD Lamb. That I think is a better wide receiver than CD yeah, Lamb. Okay. I'm just, I'll just concerned I'll just about say the quarterback. Him, uh, oh man, I don't even know. I feel like I would flip a coin or something in real life right now. Yeah, we got some high stakes going on here in the fantasy football yeah. time. Wait till I'm gonna really be, I'm gonna be held to this. All right, I'll go. <laughs> every time I go, to, I'm like just arguing with myself with my brain. I'll go Devonte Adams here. Yep, there it is. Yep, I'll go Devonte Adams. How here. long are we gonna let him slide? Yeah. Uh, and I, I feel like I, it's hard to talk about him because I want to talk about the other guy I was debating with as well. Uh, wide receiver three on the year, 171 targets, which is the second most out of any wide receiver. He was just hyper-targeted all the time. Mm-hmm. Big question. Derek Carr's not his guy anymore, but is it going to be Aaron Rodgers? Let's be honest. If it's Aaron it Rodgers, he's going up. Could be I, Jimmy G. It, and um, I think even almost no matter what happens, he's probably fine to go around here. Mid to top end of the second round, Devonte Adams once again, right? Elite talent. As long as they put a somewhat competent guy who will hyper target him, and they have a good offense. Well, they have a, they have a uh, they have an offense where you have to guard other people as well, right? With Darren Waller, with Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, uh, with Josh Jacobs and <laughs> Darren Waller, um, and Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams is you know, top five talent in the NFL and I'm going to bet on talent and I would be really happy to have him at the 204. I think it's a good pick. I am taking a running back here at the 205. I'm taking Kenneth Walker. Really? Kenneth Walker is my next highest rated running back. I, I just, I don't know. Part of me just really loves taking second year running backs. Like you're a part. I mean, this is why we're doing these way too early. Like we're kind we're trying to predict the breakouts before the breakout happens I think Kenneth Walker is probably that that next tier of of running backs that I think he really could be a running back one next year. Um, he averaged he here. This is kind of a crazy stat in the games 
that he started, remember he didn't start early in the season because Rashad Penny was there, but in the games that he started, he averaged 98 yards and .9 touchdowns a game. So he's basically averaging 100 yards and a touchdown every game that he started as a running back. And I mean, you can't you can't really top that from a consistency level. That's that's what you want to see out of a guy you draft in the second round. Because if you're taking a running back in the second round, there's more than likely the case you took one of those elite wide receivers in the first round. So if you're pairing a Stephon Diggs with a Ken Walker, a Tyreek Hill with a Ken Walker, a Cooper Cup with a Ken Walker, I think you're setting your team up really well for success to have a superstar wide receiver and then a really good consistent running back who catches the ball, who scores around the goal line. Coming into his second year, we're predicting the breakout a little bit. Hopefully... On a, on a team that continues to want to run the ball in Seattle. We know Pete Carroll as a head coach has always wanted to establish the run when he's the head coach. So yeah, you want that on your team. I'm not worried about the other pieces behind Ken Walker. I think Rashad Penny's probably done. I think he's probably, uh, his, he's calling it a career. Um, but yeah, Ken Walker is going to be a three down back catching the ball as well as punching it into the end zone. So that's, he was my next rated running back on my list. Ken Walker. Yeah, you know, I responded with uh, just kind of like shock and surprise. But as I was looking at my list, I do have a tear break between him and the other guys. So I, I the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if Ken Walker came out and was a running back one. He wasn't. I, I think that he showed a lot of promise, but he also, um, you know, guys like we haven't talked about kind of like Dalvin Cook type players. Ken Walker was not as good as Dalvin Cook, even when in games played this year. And so that's an interesting dynamic where, once again, you have a guy coming down from the mountain, if you will, and the other guy going up in his uh, skill and value and all those things. And so uh, I like it. It feels a little – it's definitely on the risky end, but I, it's an interesting pick. You did skip who I have as my uh, third guy in the second round, and and I'm honestly shocked that he's fallen this far – and that is Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Okay. So I've been staring at Josh Jacobs' name since about since honestly since my first pick of the second round. I've been staring at Josh Jacobs, and I just haven't pulled the trigger. But I'm glad you did because I think he's really good. And I yeah. Think it's a good I, pick. And I was so I was going back and forth with Devonte Adams and Josh Jacobs. So Josh Jacobs, he ran the ball. Uh, I he ran the ball the most out of any. Oh, excuse me. Nope. Dalvin Cook had no, no. He did. He yeah. He ran the ball more than anyone else last year, uh, and he was the third overall uh, running back in terms of fantasy. He averaged eighteen point five points a game. He also had fifty one receptions. Like he caught the ball as well. That's uh, similar to Aaron Jones. It's two less than Aaron Jones. It's right there with Joe Mixon. Like he he did it all and was just a really talented. Uh, great running back who got a ton of usage. And so once again, I guess there's a question about quarterback, but I mean, with a running back, you're just a little bit less worried about that. You know, um, his value could go, I don't even know would his value go up or down. If Aaron Rodgers came, um, I think it would be about the same. Like I, I, they're going to be a pass first offense then. Yeah, but he can catch the ball. He's not a bad pass catching running back. I think, yeah, he might catch 70 balls. I, I would not be surprised if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Raiders. I would not be surprised if we saw another season where Josh Jacobs is a top five running back in fantasy. Yeah, I agree. I also said, um, maybe this was a joke, I don't know, but I said if Tom Brady goes there, then he's my 101 overall. 
because he's gonna because uh, Leonard Fournette caught 81, 82 balls last year. So, it, anyways, I think Josh Jacobs at the two hundred six is a great pick. Um, Joe, I'm curious what like I had him as my first or no, I don't as my third, I guess in this round. What made you not pull the trigger on Josh Jacobs? Uh, there's just a lot of uncertainty. Like his contract is up. Is he gonna be a Raider next year? Who's his quarterback gonna be? Is it a one-year wonder thing? Can we see it done again? Um, and on and honestly, this is the truth. I I just liked Ken Walker better than Josh Jacobs. Like as I'm projecting for 2023, right now I have just a slight edge towards Kenneth Walker over Josh Jacobs. But again, we're we're talking about great versus great here. I think both of them are going to be good. But that's why I went Ken Walker. Got it. All right. I am going to take, I can't let him pass any more than this. This is where I think he should be just drafted. Just let him pass one more time. One more no, I'm not going to do it. I don't know who you think I'm going to take here. I think I know. I'm taking Nick Chubb. He's on my, yeah, because he's next on my yeah, list. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, he's my guy. I wasn't going to let you get, I wasn't <laughs> going to let you get Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, and Nick Chubb from me. You already got two of them. I like those guys too, though. They're great. Nick, Nick Chubb, Chubb, I did not is, like this last year. Nick Chubb is awesome. He was the running back six this year. He came out of the gate scorching the earth, just absolutely on fire. Pretty much double-digit fantasy points every week for the first eight weeks of the season. Nine, ten weeks of the season. Holy smokes. Yeah, he was that good. But he really kind of didn't even, like, fall off. It's just He just stopped scoring touchdowns. Ironically, he stopped scoring touchdowns the same week when guess who started playing quarterback for the Cleveland Browns was Deshaun Watson. When Deshaun Watson started playing quarterback for the Browns, the team just stunk. They stopped scoring touchdowns. Yeah, he was a they bad quarterback. The ball. He was objectively a bad quarterback this year. Now, do I think Deshaun Watson is a is a bad quarterback? No. I think we've seen enough of him in the league for he is a good quarterback. Now, is he going to return to what he was? I don't know. But he will be better next year with a full offseason in training camp, he will be better next year than he was when he started these last five games of the season or whatever this year. So I'm projecting that when I when I draft Nick Chubb. I'm projecting an offense that's actually a little bit better than it was this year when Nick Chubb was good. So I think Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt's out. He's a free agent. They're not going to bring him back. It's going to be Nick Chubb's backfield. They might bring in a pass-catching running back. He's not really the pass-catcher, but Nick Chubb is just your – he's your typical 100 yards and a touchdown running back. Like, every time you roll him out there, if he touches the ball 20 times, you're going to get 100 yards and a touchdown. It's the type of running back he is. He's getting older. He's going to be 28 next year. Um, but he's he's still just really good. And I think in the second round, it's still a value for Nick Chubb. Yeah, I mean, he averaged five yards an attempt. Yep. Like, Nick Chubb is great. I, I mean, I had him next on my board. I, I like him more than Ken Walker. I'm surprised you went in that direction just because I do think that Nick Chubb is – he's shown that he's one of the I best I like the new backs. hotness, man. I like, the, like new, the new hotness. Also, you'll find this funny. I was When I was doing some research for this episode, uh, <laughs> this is an analysis on Nick Chubb from Underdog's website. They said, Nick Chubb, here's the analysis. just says, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that. Um, <laughs> That's that, all they have. <laughs> that like viral video where they're like naming off players, and he's like, "This guy, he's dog." dog. <laughs> yeah, I love that video. I mean, if you think of if there's one running back who you think like, yeah, dog, it's Nick Chubb. I'll also say Brown, we have a we have a pound. friend that's exactly like that guy in that video. We do. Um, dog, dog. All right, uh, I'm up again. What pick am I? What is this? This the is 10, the two hundred eight. Um, man, almost it is. 
Wrap we, it up. At least for my list, we've almost uh, perfectly predicted the top 18 guys. Uh, actually, right. me as well. There's been yeah. there's only two names that um, I would have higher than 18. So this is uh, interesting, but and, and I hopefully I'm not the guy that takes um, – hopefully this isn't super predictive. But I'm going Pat Mahomes here. Mm. I, I do think – I think that you have to reward. You got to respect. You got to respect greatness. You got to re- respect greatness, and also what I've already said, kind of made the exact same argument, is that there were three why or there were three quarterbacks rather that just set themselves apart. Even Joe Burrow, who had an absolutely awesome season, threw for forty three hundred yards. He only scored twenty two fantasy points a game. Guess what? Patrick Mahomes was right at twenty six. Yeah. And so that that is just it's four points a game that you're getting. And also with someone like Patrick Mahomes, it's it's pretty consistent. Like the guy is awesome. He's obviously going to be. He's in the uh, the Super Bowl. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he threw. He he had Travis Kelsey, and that's it. Then he just had a bunch of guys. Yeah, there's. Uh, this is this is the truth of Patrick Mahomes. He's going into next year. He's the MVP of the league, with a good chance that he's going to have better weapons. Yeah, and so so I would. Um, it feels like an advantage that you have where you have a set-and-forget quarterback who is going to give you an advantage almost every single week, and that feels just like a huge value to me. Uh, so 208, I'm going Patrick Mahomes. I like it. It's a good pick. Um, I'm going to go – this is the first time where I haven't had like a clear decision, like a clear direction that I want to go with this pick. Um, I've taken running backs in my last two picks – I think I'm going to go with a wide receiver here. And the next highest wide receiver on my list is Jalen Waddle. I'm going to take Jalen Waddle. I think he's worthy of a second-round pick. I think he's hyper-talented. I think he's on a good offense. Um, I don't know that he's better than Tyreek Hill. Very few players are. But that doesn't mean there's not room for him to be a great player. I think Jalen Waddle coming into his third year, you know, he had 1,300 yards, eight touchdowns this year. Um I think there's even room for him to continue to ascend. I don't think he's like peaked. I think he's still an ascending talent in this league with a good quarterback on a good offense. Jalen Waddle to the moon, 70 receptions, 112 targets this year. Um, He's just a super, he's just a good consistent wide receiver. I think he's worthy of a second round pick. And honestly, I just, it's because I like him a little bit better than some of these other wide receivers that I have on my list. I like him a little bit better than Amon Ross St. Brown. I like him a little bit better than Debo Samuel. Just like some of those, I, I, I would rather have Jalen Waddle than those other guys because I think he has less question marks around him than some of those other guys do. So Jalen Waddle seems like a safe, good pick, home run capabilities. He's good at catching the deep ball. They like to target him. I think he's going to be a great wide receiver for a long time in this league. Oh man, Joe. Is this is where I only have two picks left. You do? I only have one pick left. Um man, there's too many guys. This is ex- <laughs> I actually didn't I didn't even finalize and give myself 24. I left like 26 on the list. Yeah. Which is a problem now. <laughs> My list is is uh like well over 40. Well, I I like I mean I categorized them and tried to get twenty four <laughs> so that I could so that I didn't have to do exactly what I'm doing because I ended at twenty six. Um, man, if I'm really on the board here, I think who I would um, I'm gonna skip who I would actually take. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to take them. Ooh, uh, but I'm gonna go with Dalvin Cook. 
Uh, I, I don't even know that I was prepared to talk about Dalvin Cook because I wasn't going to pick him. I was going to pick somebody else. Uh, but Dalvin Cook was still a clear running back one. He got a ton of usage. He played pretty much the whole season. He had 253. Um, yeah, he liked those carry numbers, 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns. And he was still he was just still really good. 55 th- targets is good. I think we remember the Dalvin Cook who was a top three guy, and he wasn't that this year. And I don't know if he's still going to have that moving forward, but I mean, he still had 50, or excuse me, he still had 38 receptions. They didn't use him as much in the screen game, but he just is still a really good running back. And we're in the back, we're in the back of the second, right? So I don't love him at the top of the second. I don't love him in the first round like he even went last year. But at the back of the second, I think Dalvin Cook is probably still going to be a value picking there and he feels he's just really good he's a talented running back and we shouldn't act like he's dropped off a cliff because oh my goodness he was running back eight (laughs) like that's great so i'll go with dalvin cook yeah um this this is not like a breaking news thing but one of my one of my good friends nick shout out to nick here he's a listener of the show actually he's a huge minnesota vikings fan and he seems to think that dalvin cook is going to get cut after this year he seems to think that based on things he's been hearing from Minnesota beat writers that Dalvin cook is, is going to be on a different team next year. I've also heard some rumors. This is not from Nick hashtag, not a uh, accurate source, but I've heard rumors that they're going to, that Buffalo bills are interested in potentially like a, a drop in sign for Dalvin cook next year. Now, if he ends up on the bills, I think that's actually a pretty good spot for him to be, but uh, yeah, there's definitely some question marks around Dalvin Cook. He's getting older. He wasn't as good this year as he has been in the past, but he was at the same t- time still really good, like he was an RB1. So I, I got no problem with you choosing Dalvin Cook there. Okay, I'm going to take who I view as the only other quarterback that should be in the second round or should be at least considered this early in the draft, and it's Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was so good this year and in fact I would venture to say that if he had just played the last two games of the season I would be a fantasy football champion but I'm not because he didn't play the last two games of the season and it hurt me he played 14 games he threw for 3,400 yards 22 passing touchdowns 13 rushing touchdowns the Eagles have gotten so good at when you're inside the three yard line just running the QB sneak and then having the two running backs like push Jalen Hurts into the end zone. They've pretty much mastered that play to where it's basically unblockable. I don't know if you were watching um, the 49ers game last week against the Eagles. They showed a stat on the screen that like Jalen Hurts on fourth and ones this year was 19 of 20. Like that's <laughs> that's crazy just on those QB sneak plays that. What, what, how much does he squat? Uh, I want to say it was like, it was like 600 pounds. That is so much it was weight. A, it was a ton of like, weight. Yeah, it's that is a stupid, especially, I mean, I get it if he was an offensive lineman and, you know, the whole like mass moves mass, aka like the bigger you are, it's easier to lift heavy weights. But Jalen Hurts is not, he's not a big guy in the sense that he's not overweight. Like he's just super strong. So uh, I love that pick. They, well, I think it was against the 49ers this last week as well where they had a first in like three and they ran yeah. it at least two <laughs> times in a row. Yeah. So I agree. It feels like a cheat code. Yeah. And and I think he had 13 touchdowns this last year. I'm going off the top of my head. 13 rushing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
and and I don't think like normally I would look at that and be like, I mean, that's kind of high. Maybe he'll have eight next year. But I look I at Jalen yeah, Hurts like, and I'm like, yeah, he's he might have ten. He might have eighteen. Like yeah. that seems um, uh, like a possibility to me. So I totally agree. I think Jalen Jalen Hurts actually averaged per game more than any other uh, quarterback last yeah, year. It, yep, for sure. He missed the last two games. And he and one one thing we haven't even said yet is. He also he developed a lot as a passer this year. He has actually really good wide receivers on his team too, which helped make him an even better fantasy quarterback. There he went through a stretch this year where I, I know this, I had him on my team, where he was amazing. 29 points, 33 points, 30 points, 37 points in four straight weeks. Just he was that dominant. If you had him on your team, there's a good chance that you were in the playoffs and making a run at the fantasy title. And I think he's going to continue that dominance again next year. I think he's the only other quarterback that I would put in this tier. I think Josh Allen, Mahomes, Jalen Hurts are like the the S tier of fantasy quarterbacks going into next year. And then, you know, the next I would, I would start to look at Justin Fields. I would look at Joe Burrow and maybe even Lamar. Um, but I think there's a clear tier break after Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think in years past it made sense. it made sense to wait on quarterback. And, and that was like a great, you know, the whole like go quarterback late thing. I still feel like that's a great strategy if you can't get one of these three guys. If you can get one of these three guys, I think it's worth it. But even grabbing Joe Burrow in the third, like Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow are different. Like they just, they just are. And so getting one of these guys in the first two rounds actually still does feel like it's a worthy thing um, and a worthwhile thing. So I have the last pick and I have – a bunch of guys. In fact, there's some guys that I'm shocked that we haven't taken. Yeah, uh, but it is way can, too we early. We can throw out some names at the end of who we. It is talk way about. too early. I think that some of these guys could could uh, fall off a cliff in some ways. But I'm going to go with Mark Andrews here. Mm. Uh, so Mark Andrews had a down year, and yet he still, from an average perspective, averaged the third most fantasy points per game. And Lamar got injured. You know, their offense was terrible. They looked bad. And yet Mark Andrews still put up good numbers throughout the year. And so uh, assuming Lamar comes back and is healthy, Mark Andrews is his favorite target. And we're just a year away from Mark Andrews, or a year past Mark Andrews being the number one tight end in all of fantasy football. And so, uh, you know, if you think about, hey, let's go after, like I grabbed Kelsey as the 104. Why? Because he's a difference maker. Well, I think that if there's one tight end that can really be that same thing, or at least like rival Kelsey, it's Mark Andrews. And so if you're getting him all the way at the end of the second round, I think that that is, it's likely worth it in his, uh, he has value there. So I'm going to grab Mark Andrews there, who's just a difference maker at the tight end position. And there you have it, our way too early 2023 first and second rounds, our top 24 overall players in fantasy. This is a bulletproof, foolproof ranking, like as good as you're going to get. Download this onto a PDF, take it to your draft, because this is how it's going to be for 2023. We have nailed it, Jason. Couple names that we didn't talk about. I'll just throw a few out there. We didn't talk about Najee Harris. He feels like a guy that probably a lot of people are going to have pretty high. Amon Ross St. Brown was not talked about. Travis Etienne, Ramondre Stevenson, Debo, uh, Joe Mixon, and the recent news that came out about Joe Mixon before the show started. <laughs> Aaron Jones was not talked about. Um, James Conner. James Conner, DeAndre Hopkins. A lot of these guys, I, I would have no problem if you were to take them in the second round because I think they are – 
good players. You know, Amari Cooper was the wide receiver nine this year, and he's going to probably be the number one on his team again with Tony hopefully Pollard. a quarterback. Yeah, Tony Pollard coming off of the injury. Devontae Smith. Yeah. There's a lot of really good names. Like, it's going to be a fun year for fantasy football. There's you're a, looking I, at really, really good players. I think like that the there's a lot of um, there's a lot of names, but at the same time, Joe, I would also say I think that we it's interesting. We didn't talk about this list at all. Uh, well, really, what we kind of did is we came up with like forty plus names, and then um, and then we made our own list. And it's interesting because really uh, the top twelve, uh, the top nineteen are all my top nineteen. You know, like, so I think I do think that the guys that are in the top half of this, once you get to Jalen Waddle, that's the first time I think Jalen Waddle, Dalvin Cook might be the first time that you and I had anyone different hmm. as sort of um, at least in the top, you know, 20 uh, some guys. And so I think that's really interesting. And that means that we are in agreement on really the entire first round pretty much and the first half at least of the second round in terms of those are the right guys. Maybe the order's a little bit off, but those are the right guys. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. I think I had pretty much twenty two of the twenty four um, on my list, and they were all taken, with the exception of I had Najee Harris in there, and I had Amon Ross St. Brown in there, and we just we didn't get to them. Um, they would have probably been my next two off the board, though. So that was fun, Jason. I'm glad we did that show. I enjoy I always enjoy thinking ahead because it gets me excited about next year. So oh, we didn't mention Bijan Robinson either. No, rookie Bijan Robinson, the the spicy mustard himself, he's going to be good next year wherever. It's hard to project rookies just because he could get drafted to a team where there's already like a, a running back by committee. Yeah, and, and and well, and I would also add someone on here is not going to be value valuable. Uh probably a running back related to a quarterback situation, maybe a wide receiver related to quarterback situation. Yeah. So one of those guys is going to lose value somewhere. Um, and and Bijan is is either going to have a ton of value uh, like Najee did two years ago, or maybe he won't. Yep, for sure. Well, all right, Jason, should we shut it down? Let's should shut call, it down, man. Call it a wrap. Call shut it a show. the time machine down. I'm Sounds, out of. Uh, we're, we're I finished out of diet my summit. summit diet cola. <laughs> so. It's time to shut it down. Uh, All right. Sounds good. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. That's the best way you can support the show. Follow us on all of our social medias at FFTimePod. We've been posting regularly over there. Um, And thank you guys so much for tuning into the show. We'll be back here soon with plenty more of off-season stuff to talk about here on the Fantasy Football Time Podcast. But until then, the Big Texan, Joe the Show. We'll see you guys next time.